The reading today is from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 to 15, which can be found on page 1099 in the Church Bibles. Generosity encouraged. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have scattered abroad their gifts to the poor, their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, people will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. This is the word of the Lord. And now if you are able, please stand for the Gospel reading, which is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25, verses 14 to 30, and can be found on page 940. The parable of the bags of gold. Again, it would be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of these servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. 
His master replied, You wicked, lazy servant, so you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not gathered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags, for those who have will be given more, and they will have an abundance. As for those who do not have, even what they will have will be taken from them, and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is the Gospel of the Lord. O Father, open your word to our hearts, and our hearts to your word, and give us grace to receive it, to understand it, and to obey it, for your glory. Amen. Uh, This week we are continuing to think about generosity, and um, the reading from (coughs) Corinthians really says it all, so Donald says, that I should tell you all to go home and read it prayfully. But I don't think Paulette uh, will be very pleased with that. So, This is what the dictionary uh, says about generosity. The quality of being generous, which is willing to give or share, unselfish, lacking pettiness or meanness in thought or behaviour, a generous act. So why was Paul writing to the Corinthians on this subject? And the answer lies in chapter 8, where we read of three churches, one in Corinth, who by their generosity inspired the church in Macedonia to do the same and help the church in Jerusalem, where the Christians were in great need because of the effects of a famine in Palestine. Immediately, the Corinthian church heard about the need. They started a collection to send to them, uh, but then lost a little bit of enthusiasm. Now, on the way to Jerusalem to deliver the gift, Paul and some of the Macedonians were going to Corinth to collect their contribution. Paul doesn't want to pressurize them into grudgingly completing the collection, as that would negate their generosity. This is why in verse 7 of chapter 9 he writes, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion or in response to pressure, for God loves a cheerful giver. So this passage is about individual response to a need. We mustn't allow another person's response influence or dictate what we should be doing or giving. We must not let guilt or embarrassment take away our freedom and joy in giving our gift. And I think this passage is more than about financial generosity. I think it's about our resources, skills and talents. Paul begins with an agricultural example of a farmer sowing seed. If he sows generously, he should expect, depending on weather conditions, to reap a very good harvest. However, if, as the message puts it, 
he who is a stingy sower will have a stingy crop. This also applies to us as Christians. The generous giver will see great blessing resulting from their gift, whereas a reluctant giver will see no such blessing. And I think verse 10 is referring to God as the one who supplies the seed. The seed needn't necessarily refer to money, but to our resources and our talents. When people talk about our talents, we are often inclined to think that we have none. I know I do, but that is a lie from the devil. God has given us all talents. We all have things we are good at. They might not be as obvious as Graham Kendrick's gift of hymn writing, but if we believe that they are God-given, who are we to think them as unimportant? So, if we are not already aware of our gifts, we need to prayfully ask God to show us, and we might be very surprised at what we discover. The big question now is, what are we going to do with them? This is what our gospel reading was about. We are told that the master gave each of the three men a different amount according to his ability. He wasn't showing favoritism, but he knew each man's capability. And God treats us in exactly the same way. However, the master did expect the men to use their gifts. This is why he was so angry with the one who hid his and did nothing with it. The master wasn't expecting him to produce the same result as the other two. He was expecting three individual results. This is the same as what Paul said in chapter 8. The Macedonians gave as much as they were able, some even beyond their ability. And I think the reason they could be so generous was that they gave themselves, first of all, to the Lord. And this is where it all begins, with our commitment to God. Our spirit of generosity flows from the heart of God, for our God is a very generous God. And as his children, we should exhibit the same characteristics. Here are some of the talents that God gives us. Some people are very good at befriending people, especially those who are not easy to be befriended. Others are good listeners. Others are good at encouraging people, like Barnabas, the son of encouragement. There are some who are good at giving hospitality. Others are very creative. Some have leadership skills. Others good organizational skills, while some have teaching or musical skills. The list is endless. And please don't think that the practical skills are any less important than the others. All are of equal value in God's eyes, because all are God's given gifts to us. These are our resources as a church. And according to verse 10, God not only supplies these resources, but also increases them. But, as we saw in the Gospel reading, the Master took the one talent from the man who had hidden it and wasted it, 
and gave it to one of the others who had put their talents to good use. God will only multiply and bless our gifts if we use them. Using our gifts requires effort on our part and sometimes making sacrifices. Generosity can be costly. If, for instance, your gift is visiting people, in order to do it, you might have to give up something else you might have liked to have done at that time. Verse 7 tells us that our attitude when doing so should be cheerful and willing because God loves a cheerful giver. And as a child of God, this should be displayed in our attitude and our actions. We see from verse 10 that whenever we use our gifts willingly and cheerfully, God will replenish our storehouse of generosity so that we can be even more generous and reap a harvest from that generosity. The word righteousness in that verse can also be translated as generosity. In verse 12, Paul refers to these acts not just as a service to God and fellow Christians, but also to everyone else. And that means to those outside the church. In his commentary, William Barclay states that Paul believed that giving does wonderful things for different groups of people. First, it does something for others because it relieves their need and can be seen to be like a gift from God himself. It also restores their faith in their fellow man because someone in need can sometimes feel neglected, but an act of generosity can show them that they are loved and not forgotten. And very importantly, it makes the recipient thank and praise God. An act of kindness in time of need brings not only the giver's love, but also God's love into the lives of others. It also does something for the giver because it reinforces their Christian profession or witness of faith. It's Christianity in action. Also, not only are the recipients thankful to God, but they give him the glory, not the giver. And it's quite humbling to see that our acts of generosity, turning people's hearts to God and bringing joy to the Father. Finally, in verse 15, Paul speaks of God's indescribable gift, which, of course, is all that Jesus has done for us. This gift can never be exhausted or outdone. And what Paul is really saying is, can you, who've been so generously treated by God, be anything but generous to your fellow man? It is as if Jesus, the indescribable gift, has started a chain reaction of generosity, thanksgiving and fellowship. And if we opt out of giving, we opt out of that chain, as well as the privilege of meeting human needs and deny ourselves the honour of showing other God's glory. David Watson, in one of his books, explains how this can be lived out in our churches. He says that each church must learn to live as a community seven days a week. 
not just having a nodding acquaintance with one another on a Sunday. That relationship must be built up in love, personal needs met by sharing of gifts and practical help offered by its members. He then went on to show how his own church put this into practice. And what he wrote is not for the faint-hearted. The congregation was divided into groups of 20. People were willing to share their lives together, borrowing cars, tools, or household appliances, and being aware of the financial needs of each member of the group, and then supplying those needs as they rose. Of course, this would mean becoming vulnerable and honest with one another. Their homes were open to each other and they cared for one another when anyone was sick. No one was a passenger. All belonged to the crew. He concluded, when others see that our faith really means something in practical and material ways, then the good news of Jesus Christ will be, much, will be very much more than religious words. This, of course, was how the early church lived. And according to Acts, outsiders said, see how they love one another. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were saved. You're probably thinking, this is pie in the sky. I couldn't possibly give myself like that. We can't in our own strength. And this is why James Baxter wrote, the first Christians did not start to share their goods in a free and full manner till after the bomb of the Spirit exploded in their souls at Pentecost. Till after the bomb of the Spirit exploded in their souls at Pentecost. What a wonderful description of what happened at Pentecost. So what can we at Seasalter learn from all of this? Firstly, that God gives of himself in a generous and loving way. And he wants his children to reflect this in cheerful, loving giving to others. That in the New Testament, all gifts are equal. That the early church manifested God's amazing love in the way they shared their possessions with one another. And this drew outsiders to Jesus Christ. They saw God's love in action far more powerfully than any sermon could portray because they could see its relevance and reality. Last week, Paulette said that this building is beginning to look a little bit shabby because of wear and tear. And I remember when the old building that stood on this land needed some TLC very, very badly. And a group from the church gave it just that. Some turned up with paintbrushes. Someone brought some scaffolding. Others tools to repair what was broken. And others mops and buckets. There was much hard work, but also much laughter. We have a wealth of talents and gifts in this church. And God is asking us to use them generously to his glory. Amen. Morning, everybody. It's, I think it was worth a moment of reflection there. Um, 
The work that we do here in this church and trying to deliver the vision depends upon our generosity. So it's us that support the church. This applies particularly with our children and families ministry and our youth work. And whilst at various times we've asked people to be generous with their time, generous with their skills, today we're asking you to be generous with your money. So at the back table there, there's an envelope, white envelope with everybody's name on it, and inside quite a wealth of information. Now the information side of things includes the why and how of Christian giving to enable you to reflect on that, how to leave a legacy, and then also a quite thick booklet which talks about the money matters of the church here. The form that we need you to complete cheerfully is the yellow one. So this one tells us again what you're pledging to donate to the church. And there's a little box on the bottom that says gift aid. If you can tick that, that adds extra to it. But if you tick that, there's another form that you then have to fill in, which proves to us and to the revenue that you actually can do it. One of the most important forms is the white one because that's the one that goes to your bank to tell them to change or uh, maintain the amount of money that you're donating to the church. There's many ways you can donate. We like the standing order because it's regular. We can see what's coming in um, and we know it's going to come in. But there are other ways and we're happy with that. Um, but... Through the pledge form, the yellow one, we can at least see what we're likely to be getting in. And at the moment, we need more to come in in order to support those important ministries. So can I ask you to think, reflect, pray about those forms, and then there's a little brown envelope if you can return that with the yellow form by next Sunday. Now, there are quite a few envelopes left so I'm guessing not everybody picked them up last week I don't know how many we've had back yet but I suspect not too many so if you can get the responses back by next week thanks a lot